Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Holly. And I'm your co-host, Jennifer. Melody isn't able to join us today due to technical difficulties, but we look forward to her joining us next time. Today, we'll be discussing the immense growth of homeschooling and the challenges and opportunities it presents. But before we get into that, how have you been since last time, Jen? Well, busy as usual, but I think possibly by the time this podcast airs that I will have a new grandchild. Oh, exciting. Um, Yeah. So within the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a new little granddaughter and we're all super excited about that. So that's been a big thing. We had, we had a baby shower this last weekend for my daughter and her husband and their toddler. And it was really fun. We had a bonfire baby shower. So it was out, we did a little family bonfire, roasted hot dogs and s'mores and played outdoor games and diaper raffle. It's the right time of the year for that. Yeah, it was perfect. It was like 50 degrees. It was perfect fire weather. I loved it. But what else have you been doing lately? I am trying to get a bunch of projects done around the yard before we get into spring and it gets too warm. I need to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have. uh, So we have these trees in the backyard that uh, they had a lot of deadfall and we need to cut those limbs into manageable sizes and put them in the fire pit and burn them. So that's one of the chores my son and I will be doing. And then we have a a rickety old back porch that we're going to tear down and just replace with some basic stairs. So he's looking forward to still do any gardening. You know, that's my dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we actually have always gardened. Um, He and I have gardened together. Some years he gardened on his own. One or two years I did it with Liam. I'm toying with the idea of gardening this year. It's just, it's another thing that I have to manage. I know it's sneaking up on me too. Uh, yeah. We're planning to just do a small garden this year. And I'm like, Ooh, we got to get to work on that now. Yeah. Well, the one thing I did do, um, I like the uh, cardboard lasagna method of yes. ground cover. So I mm-hmm. do have a spot in my front yard where I'm going to plant a lot of plants for the pollinators. So I've had this cardboard right. out there. I'm really excited about it. We do have occasionally little hummingbirds that go flitting by and we have butterflies and I would just like to have more of them. Yeah. So I'm going to plant a pollinator garden. And so that I know for sure I'm going to do that. I've committed to that. And I know my rose bushes need to be trimmed because it's almost Valentine's Day. And here in Central Texas, you trim your rose bushes around Valentine's Day. But I haven't decided yet if I'm going to make the commitment to do anything else. Oh, and I got a tree. I got a free oak tree of some variety. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I went to the Wildflower Center with my girlfriend in the fall for mm-hmm. Texas Arbor Day and they were giving away uh, trees and I named my tree Bobby after my <laughs> uncle Bobby and so Bobby will get planted this spring and hopefully he'll grow big and tall and so I do have a few little gardening projects but I would like to add some food yeah. gardening trying to figure out how to plug that all into my already very busy day <laughs> same here <laughs> <laughs> So Jennifer, you and I have similar experiences being Facebook group co-moderators. You have a group for your area and I'm a co-moderator for the group in my area. And we've talked about how amazing it is to see so many people requesting to join the group. Incredible Um, group lately. Yeah, I've I've been part of that group, my group for years, probably Mm -hmm. 10 or 12 years. I've never seen so many people coming into the group that want to start homeschooling now in the middle of the school year. I definitely agree with that. So I uh, moderate a group, the Texas Hill Country Homeschoolers, and I started this group 
13 years ago. I believe it's 13 years now. And, you know, we started out with just a few people and we have 3,000 members, over 3,000 members now. Wow. And it's so it has steadily grown, obviously, over that time. And during uh, the couple of years of COVID and schools being, you know, in a transition period and changing what they were doing, we did have a lot of new members unusual amounts of members during that time, but that was to be expected. Mm -hmm. But I think in the last probably year, we have seen many more members constantly, like every month, constantly new and new and new members joining us. And this month, last month in particular, we had just a huge increase in numbers. We had just in the last three weeks, we've had 108 people join the group. And I'm looking at our numbers right now. We've had a 97% increase in our posts in the last month, a 105% increase in comments on posts. So it's just like going crazy, uh, you know, and you're right. People are seem to be pulling their kids out. It wasn't during the winter break. It was like after classes started again, or even last semester of classes in the middle of classes, uh, mm-hmm. people were pulling their kids out. So is that the what you're also seeing? Yeah. So my group is the Hayes County homeschoolers. And We have 2,200 members, Mm -hmm. and in the past month, we had 113 members, and the reasons are so varied. Some of them, they're people who have three or four-year-olds, and they want to get their ducks in a row and start off homeschooling right away, which I think is awesome, but so many of them are saying, I took my kid out of school. Today's the last day of school for my fifth grader, my seventh grader, my ninth grader, Mm -hmm. and I'm gobsmacked. And a lot of them are saying it's the quality of education Mm -hmm. that we're not enjoying. We feel like our kids aren't learning. We feel like they're... Yes. I'm not seeing anything. Like, I haven't seen, like, an event, like, something that happened that caused a sudden increase or anything like that. It is all just general unhappiness with how their kids are learning. Mm -hmm. Well, we have had some that say it's because their child was being bullied and nothing was done about it. Yes, that's Um, I think we always have some of those. Yeah, Uh, we always have that. And then mm -hmm. in the, what I've noticed also is in these uh, little, you know, they they write a little thing about why they want to start homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of them are saying, but my husband and I both work. Can we do this? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that also, I've been homeschooling since dirt, you know, like 97 (laughs) is when we started. And back then, which really it's like the dark ages, but um. I did not know very many parents, uh, mothers mainly were the ones who were at home teaching the kids that worked. I started doing, I did some part-time work shortly after I began homeschooling. And I was, I felt like a real weirdo. Mm -hmm. Like I was a mom that worked, but now it's more to me. I don't think I know very many people where the homeschooling parent isn't doing some kind of work. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'm seeing that trend in our groups too. And and the people coming in, you know, if you think about it, their kids were all in school. So most of them were working already. They mm-hmm. weren't stay-at-home parents. They were working outside of the home and they're continuing to. And so, yeah, a lot of the questions we're getting from new members are about navigating that issue. Yeah, and it's interesting because... I have been, I've either worked outside the house or I've worked from home. Uh, I've worked from home since 2014. And it's definitely a challenge. Like most people who respond to these posts will say, oh yeah, you can work at home school. Just expect to be tired. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, you're once you're a parent, you're tired anyway. Yeah, yeah I agree but, with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the norm now yeah. for yeah. most families. 
And, you know, there are so many different ways to manage that, as many ways as there are homeschoolers, really. I think we're, I don't know about your area, but it seems to me that we're also having a lot more micro schools pop up. Yep, yep. I'm also seeing new co-ops all over the place. Micro schools are popular. Just alternative schooling in general is more popular. And I see a lot of people who join our group who are looking for alternative school options Mm -hmm. as well. And they start out with us, but they're really looking for some part-time. A lot of people looking for some part-time school options. Like Um, the university model type. Yeah. They go a few days a week. Go a few days a week or like a co-op that happens a couple of days a week. And, and those options are increasing as well all over the place. The area I live, you too, but we're away from a bigger city. So we haven't always had those types of options. And those are expanding out where I live as well pretty rapidly now. Yeah, what I've noticed in my area is that more of the libraries are creating classes specifically for homeschoolers yeah. during daytime hours. And um, that's really nice. And and when, another thing that's really nice is they're not requiring people to sign up. It's just a show up and take the class kind of a thing, um, yeah, which is very nice really because nice. I always tell people when they start homeschooling, you know, you're going to want to get involved in a lot of stuff. And if you get involved in too much, it's going to be overwhelming. Look for mm-hmm. low commitment activities, mm-hmm. things that if you don't show up, nobody's day is ruined kind of yeah. activities, you know, park yeah. day you don't show up, it's okay. The park is still going to be there and people can still enjoy it whether you're there or not. That's the other thing is that a lot of these folks that are starting off homeschooling, they're, they're like, what can I sign up for? And I think, well, maybe don't do too much just yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have seen uh, quite a few of those questions of who do I get to teach my child? Oh yeah. Okay. Let's start from the beginning on what homeschooling is. (laughs) Yeah. How can I sign up for somebody to be a homeschool teacher? Yeah. (laughs) I think what they're really asking for are the co-ops and things. Um, I think so too. But that is interesting because when the groups are expanding, I feel like, and I I might go do this in my group soon. I feel like there needs to be some kind of like a list to the vocabulary of what things mean because new people don't know. They don't know what is a co-op and what is a park Mm -hmm. day. Like we use park day, like it's a word that everybody uses, but we have our own jargon. For sure. Yeah. 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 Maybe somebody needs to have like a the uh, jargon guide, the homeschoolers guide to homeschool jargon or something, you know. Good idea. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Because personally, I feel, of course, again, I've been homeschooling a long time, but personally, I feel like if your kid is going to something four days a week, you're not really homeschooling. Yeah. I call that a la carte private school. I support yeah, it wholeheartedly. Sure, I'm all in favor of supporting parents in whatever educational choices they want to make for their kids. And I want my choices to be supported too. But homeschooling, you know, where your main instruction is led by the parent of the children being homeschooled, that's right. like that more traditional way. It's not the only way for sure. Mm-mm. And I think it's, I think it's, really exciting when our groups are expanding that there are new ideas coming out. There's new ways of schooling. Like, you know, nature schools are becoming quite popular. Mm. Oh man, aren't they ever? Yeah. And that's wonderful. And some of those nature schools are five days a week, full-time schools, which I wouldn't personally consider homeschooling, but some of them are also just once a week drop-in type things or a a nature co-op or something Mm -hmm. like that. So the the more thing more people are joining, the more things are being offered. Also in the communities, like you mentioned, libraries. I've definitely seen locally for me, our libraries 
responding to the increase in the community. So they're seeing more need to service the homeschool community and they're responding great. They're having mm-hmm. all kinds of wonderful classes for us and opportunities. And we live very close to one of our state parks. They're doing the same nice. thing. They're really oh, interacting yeah. with us. Lockhart State Park has a series of homeschool classes. I mean, they had archery and they've had they've had some that I've been like, wow, that we're a little closer. Lockhart's yeah. just a little bit farther for me where if we went and did something that would end up taking up a whole morning. Yeah. And because I am a working person, um, mm-hmm. I have to be judicious about the time we spend outside of the house and how mm-hmm. derailed it can make the rest of the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's an important consideration. If you're a working homeschooling parent, of course, you are still going to want to participate in extracurriculars, but you have to look overall at how that's going to impact the other things you're going to do. Let's talk more about the working parents thing, because it's a lot of people are asking for advice on that. So you've been working most of the time. You've been mm-hmm. homeschooling in some capacity, right? Yeah. And what what kind of advice do you have for people that are coming into this? Well, I would say that, and we've talked about this before, about creating a schedule. And it sounds odd to put homeschooling at the back burner when you're creating your schedule, but you have to put <laughs> all the things in your schedule that aren't flexible. Yes. So for example, Great. if you have an outside of the house job, I used to work outside the house. I worked from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. five days a week. And it was great. My husband was home in the morning. The kids would get up and, and eat breakfast and do their chores. And by the time I came home, then they were ready. They'd eat lunch. And then we were ready to do school. So we had school in the afternoons then. Yeah. But so when I was creating my schedule, I didn't have a lot of stuff for them to do. They were a little bit younger school-wise in the morning. Mm-hmm. That would have just been frustrating for everybody. They wouldn't have gotten yeah. it done anyway. So I would have come home and been like, hey, you didn't do this. Yeah, Um, yeah. So I created my schedule by putting in the non-negotiables. I knew I was going to work from nine to one. I knew that we were going to be involved in church on Sundays. So some people like to school on the weekend, but that wasn't going to work for me Mm -hmm. because we already had some things going on. So put all your non-negotiables in your calendar. I think that's such smart advice. And I still, you know, I have several jobs, I guess. They're not all, you do. They're, not, they're not all pay jobs, but some of them are, but you know, I'm doing a podcast. I'm a volunteer mm-hmm. coordinator for a large organization. I run a co-op school and I run, you know, run these other organizations that I'm doing. So I have several different things that are going on. And right. for me, it's the same thing on my schedule. My schedule is very loose generally for homeschooling, but the things that I need to do, those are on the calendar. Those are like, this is my day to volunteer and run that. This is my day that Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a podcast. Like those things are very set. And then everything else we work around it. Yeah. It's kind of like that old example where the person takes a jar and they put in the big rocks first Mm -hmm. and then they put in the little pebbles and then finally they, they're like, is this jar full? Maybe. Yes. No. They, <laughs> then they add in the sand, you know, so you've got to put your big commitment chunks in first. Yeah. Because if you don't go to work and get your work done, um, I think the school lunch program will suffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, and that's I, a really good point. I think people coming in really often consider the actual homeschooling part of it to be the big rock. And it's really not. It's really those things will also happen 
but you need to take care of your family and your finances and those things before yeah. you see what fits. And, and you talking about doing school at different times of the day, that's so valuable for people to hear because I also think people come in thinking, well, we have to do school during school hours and you right. absolutely don't have to do that. No, now you might have a state that requires you to do so many hours mm-hmm. and so many days of the week. You know, there are lots of ways to do that. Yes. <laughs> you know, I had a friend who, um, when she started homeschooling, she had two children. Her older child was a girl, younger child was a boy. And the daughter was doing great in public school, but the son was struggling. So when he was in seventh grade, uh, she asked me if I thought they could homeschool, given that both the parents worked. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, he's old enough to stay home by himself. And you can do you can do his schooling at different hours. You can give him some independent stuff. So what they ended up doing, the parents both continued their jobs in the same way they'd been doing. The child had some independent work to do during the day. When the parents came home at night, they would work with him on the things like math or science, some things that he needed more mm-hmm. um, help with. And whatever wasn't finished during the week, they would do it on Saturday. And he yeah. homeschooled from seventh grade till high school and graduated as a homeschooler. Yeah, and they both had full time out of the house jobs. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. where what what they say, where there's a will, there's a way. When you make the decision to do something, then your brain starts working on how you're going to do it. But you have to make the decision. So, And I think we've talked about, maybe mentioned this before, but one of the ways to work with uh, work schedules is talking to other homeschool parents who are working and see if you can find people who are willing to sometimes trade days with you or, you know, you trade your children off for work days and things like that. You know, reach out to the community and see if there's other people in your same situation that need some mm-hmm. help with that. Yeah, I, I've actually seen a lot of parents on my group brainstorming that come on to like, well, I need to, yeah. work and I, I need a couple uninterrupted days. And then so I said, well, you know, I can take your kids on those days. If you can take my kids on this other day. Uh-huh. Um, and then some professions have the opportunity where you can work a lot of hours in relatively few amount of days. I knew a right. woman who was, she worked in the medical field somewhere and she only worked on the weekend. She worked 12 hours on Saturday and 12 hours on Sunday and her husband was home. So she was home all week with her kids. Mm-hmm. And so some careers are more conducive for that. Yeah. Or you might be able to move some of your work home and work part-time from home. Mm-hmm. Lots yeah, of different you, just, you kind of have to think outside the box with all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and that could be, I guess, scary at first, but it's, uh, it's so worth it in the long run. This February, fall in love with Transcript Maker. Any homeschooling parent with a student in high school knows that very soon they're going to need a transcript. You can write one by hand, but it takes hours. And you can make one in Excel if you can somehow get it to actually do what you want. Or use Transcript Maker. Transcript Maker is the online service that lets you make professional high school transcripts quick as you like from the comfort of your own home. But what about grade point average? You can fill up a notebook trying to work those out. Transcript Maker calculates it for you. You just enter your students' courses and grades and boom, GPA. Another computer program to figure out how to use? What if I get confused and mess something up? Transcript Maker is super easy to use, but if you do get confused, they have a helpline to assist you and answer your questions. What if I need help at midnight? They have a knowledge base on their website filled with helpful articles and tutorials. I'm trying to save money right now. I don't know if I can afford an expensive program. Transcript Maker offers a 14 
14-day free trial so you can see how you like it. And then you can get 20% off the cost of your subscription with the coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. Wow, do I love that. How do I get this wonderful service? Go to www.transcriptmaker.com today. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. I think one of the other things you just mentioned was about people uh, having some kids in school and some kids homeschooling. I'm actually, that's another thing I'm seeing a big uh, increase in in my group is people mentioning that they have some children or a child in public school still and one that they're homeschooling. And that's increasing that people are doing that. And I honestly, I'm kudos to those parents for like seeing what their child needs and addressing that and addressing them individually. I think that's great. I have that situation for a short amount of time. My first five kids, my oldest daughter wanted to go to public school and she went to public school for ninth grade and half a 10th grade. She came home for a bit and then she went back to public school. And I have to say for for me, having to put up with a public school schedule when I had so many kids that weren't on the public school schedule is a little challenging, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think agree. that's because I'm not, I'm not good when other people make my schedule for me. I think it would be much Uh, what we did in that circumstance. (laughs) Yeah. What we did in that circumstance was we kept to the public school schedule. So we ended our school day at three o'clock when she was a little before coming home from school. And we just took the same days off that the public school had. Um, And it worked out all right. Again, the best thing about homeschooling is the ability to be flexible. Yes. And adapt to changing circumstances. Yeah. My favorite thing about it, for sure. Another trend I've seen in my group is more older students being pulled out to homeschool, particularly high school students. And this is really kind of the opposite of what I had seen for years and years, so many people who homeschool think or thought that they needed to put their kid in school when it got to high school. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. there was always a concern from people of like, well, my child's going to be high school age soon. I have to put them in school because I can't teach these subjects to them, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. now I'm seeing an increase in the opposite. So many people are pulling the kids out of high school and looking for different ways to teach them or ways to help them graduate earlier Mm -hmm. or, you know, just uh, ways to help them avoid subjects that they don't feel like they need at the time, you know, Uh, all kinds of different reasons, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting. Yeah. We, we had a couple of different people who came into um, the group I co-moderate and then one that I'm part of, but I'm not a moderator saying, yeah, my kid is like 15. Can they take the GED and Mm -hmm. or what can we do for their high school education? And almost like unanimously, people are like, oh, they can go to community college. You know, they Mm -hmm. and that's a great option. Yeah. For high school students, if you if you're bringing a kid home out of high school, as long as they are able to pass the entrance exam um, in many states, they can attend community college for right. free or at a reduced cost and earn their high school credits and college credit at the same time. My youngest daughter did that and she had don't hold me to this, but I think she had like 28 college credits when she graduated from high school. That's so nothing great. wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you don't have to pay for them. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was so happy when our community got into the district for the community college, because before that, we would have been out of district. Yeah, right, we're out of district. right as she was getting it old enough to take community college classes, we got in district for that. So that was mm-hmm. wonderful for our family. There are just so many options these days for 
making sure that your children receive an education yeah. from home. I um, actually saw a post from a new member the other day that said, basically, there's way too many options. How do I figure out what to do? And, oh, and I you're don't right. disagree. I think it, there are too many sometimes. It's very, it's very overwhelming because also where we live in Texas, you don't have a lot of oversight or requirements. So it's like, the options are endless, you know, and I can see for people who are new to this, that it's overwhelming. And I just suggest definitely reach out and ask your groups, uh, talk to people that have done it for a while and think about your own student in particular, especially if you have an older student and things that you are actually interested in ask specific questions because mm -hmm. the, you know, where do we start question is very broad. So if you can narrow oh, it yeah. down yeah. when you're asking in groups, when you're asking for help, try to narrow it down and be more specific. And I, I think you'll get a lot of support and answers that way. Yeah. It's definitely not helpful to give a generic question and then everybody has to start interrogating you. Yeah. Right. Um, because people will say, oh, <laughs> uh, we just started homeschooling with a fifth grader. What kind of did I get? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be hard to answer without very, <laughs> you know, so the more information you can give the people in the group you just joined, the better answers you're going to get from them. Mm -hmm. And the good news is that if you just started homeschooling unexpectedly, I'm thinking if you're pulling a kid out in the middle of the school year, you probably weren't planning to homeschool. <laughs> um, you know, because like if you're starting at the beginning of a school year, you've had like the summer to prepare. But if you started homeschooling January 20th, school had already yeah. started, something happened. Yeah. You know, you don't have a budget for it either. But the great news is there are so many free resources to get you started. So yeah. if you're thinking, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I might want to homeschool, but oh, I don't have any money to buy curriculum. Good news. That doesn't need to hold you back. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, I even feel like now it's more easy to do it without spending money because there's just so many resources online that you can use that are free. And, you know, we still have obviously libraries and things like that and groups you can go out and get in, you know, uh, involved in, but the internet resources for homeschooling are just incredible. Oh yeah. Well, I know when my other kids we're homeschooling toward the, I guess, toward the end of the younger couple. Khan Academy had come out, mm -hmm. um, but there really wasn't anything like that before. Right. And now the resources are almost, I mean, you can use videos off of YouTube or even Netflix or Prime or so many videos you can utilize for PE or music or foreign language. Uh, you know, Duolingo is free if you're trying to work on a foreign language. The sky is really the limit for I, your free resources. I have had a, um, so you and I are in similar positions where people ask us for advice and stuff. And we've been doing that mm -hmm. for quite a long time. But I've reached a point where when people ask for curriculum advice, I don't really feel like I can give an answer at all anymore because there are so many choices. Mm -hmm. And, and oh, yeah. it's changed so rapidly, you know, and I have a student who's doing high school math. But if I have somebody ask me, what program do you use for high school math? I'll, I'll tell them which one he's using. But there's thousands of free programs for high school math now, and it can be overwhelming, but you really need to go, you know, test them and see which one works best for your student and give them all kind of a try. And it's, it's hard to recommend curriculum anymore because of that. It is. Um, there's a website. 
uh, Kathy Duffy's website. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the, I'll look it up. Anyway, she has actually reviewed all kinds of curriculum in every subject area. So if you're trying to figure out, you know, if you need a curriculum, if you want a curriculum, you can go and look by, I think, learning styles. You can look by type of curriculum. Like, is it a style or is it, um, what are the terms they use for some of those, Jen? You know? I don't know. I'm drawing a blank on that too. Oh yeah. But there are different um, types of like, mainly that has to do with math, but the way they teach like it. An auditory you know, learner, um, visual learner, that kind of stuff. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. And, and Rainbow Resource, who's a curriculum supplier, they sell all kinds of curriculum. They also have um, some things on their website where you can go in and look and find curriculum by learning styles or by um, different approaches yeah. Uh, the principal approach or Charlotte Mason approach or whatever. Um, so you can, you can find out a lot of information about curriculum before you lay out any money. I'm just definitely, I'm still learning new things all the time because there's just so much more coming out every day, new stuff. And that's just awesome. I love that. Yeah, I think it's great. Cause I know when I started, there were very few curriculum suppliers. It was like, uh, Becca and Bob Jones that were very textbooky. Yeah. yeah. And Saxon. Uh, you know, like you just had to use one of them. There was, and there was Rod and Staff. Like they, mm-hmm. they were very basic textbook kind of curriculum. And when very, very tool based. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it was all about, and they had a lot of busy work. I remember Becca, yeah. I was like, how are we going to mm-hmm. do all this stuff? I mean, I would realize at first. There was so much there because that was to keep kids busy while their kids were doing their work. You know, in homeschooling, if you need to keep a kid busy while somebody's doing some work, you give them a chore. Right. <laughs> like, go, go put away the dishes while play. I help your brother finish his man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting to see the growth of homeschooling. It is. It worries me a little bit only that I think public school. I I know that there was a concern after COVID when public school started seeing that their funds were lower because of there's uh-huh. such an exodus. Right. Um, so it makes me think, you know, they're going to try to figure out a way to rope people back in. I hope that that public school systems will find a way to restructure their the way they receive funding um, instead of the every kid in the seat gives me a dollar. Yeah, yeah because. I, I think, you know, they're going to keep seeing students leaving for various reasons, not just to go to homeschooling, but to other alternative schools and things like that. And I really do. Our public school system is important for our country. Um, and mm-hmm. so many kids benefit from it and need it. And I hope that they will keep up with this trend by finding different ways to fund it. Some of them already have gone to a four day school week. Yeah, um, I was on a, a seminar. The other day, and the woman was saying, yeah, we don't have school on Monday because our school just does a four-day school week. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very interesting. And I think that some of them are, it would benefit them to explore allowing kids to do their classes virtually. Yeah. Um, now, there was a lot that people didn't like about that in COVID. Yeah, it but, definitely needs to be done but, in a different way, but... <laughs> There's, in a different as way, we know, yeah. as homeschoolers, we know there's a lot of virtual schooling that is good and useful. Mm-hmm. So I think that they could benefit from that for sure. But it's been very exciting to see so many people, you know, come in into it. these homeschool groups. I do too. I, um, 
I love it because they are looking out for what can benefit their kids yeah. and their families. Mm-hmm. And they're they're looking outside the box. You know, public schooling isn't really that old. It's only been yeah. around um, maybe, you know, 150 years. Before, people were largely tutored at home. And so it's interesting that people are so worried about trying something like homeschooling. Uh, that they get pushed back. I did see a lady, it was kind of sad. She put her kid back in public school because her family was giving her a hard time. But the kid is really wow. unhappy now that she put him back in public wow. school. And everybody on that that thread was like, you know your kid and you don't have to please yeah. your parents. You can right. take your kid back out. Um, yeah. So, you know, just that the people have the um, the courage and the um, they're willing to buck the system. You know, yeah. to yeah. bring their kids home, I think it's very exciting. I, we haven't mentioned this, but even within the homeschooling community, that's happening more. As an unschooler, I have noticed so many, a lot more familiar. I can't say that word ever. Familiarity. Say that word for me. <laughs> Familiarity. Yeah, I don't know why I can't say it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> a lot more people are familiar <laughs> with uh, unschooling. Are they? They know what unschooling is. They've heard the word. It's not mm-hmm. like some, you know, not everybody. Some weird some fringe thing. thing now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so even within the homeschooling community, the trends are are expanding the ideas of what you can do with homeschooling, and that's exciting. Yeah, and it's particularly a great fit for people who have to work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know you were joking around in one of our podcasts that uh, you think I'll become an unschooler, and I think that's highly unlikely at this point <laughs> in my homeschooling career. But my son is getting older now, and I can hand him a book and say, "Go read this." Yeah, and that's uh, you know it does free you up as a parent if there are other yeah. ways your kids can get their information that doesn't directly require you to sit there yeah. and, you know, instruct them directly. Yeah. Self-directed learning is great, especially for older kids. If you're working, it's wonderful. Yeah, I agree. So I wonder what we'll see next year in homeschooling. Who knows? Didn't we make predictions? What were our predictions? I, I said uh, homeschooling would grow, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that public schools would be trying to get homeschoolers back in. I think those are my, I've been saying that for a while. <laughs> like we just made these predictions like a month ago, right? <laughs> for New Year's, <laughs> was that what it was? They're already becoming uh, true. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> Here at the end of our podcast, we'd like to answer a big question we've seen on our homeschooling groups. Jennifer, what's our big question for today? Our big question today is, my house is very loud during the day, and I have a toddler that needs close attention. The house is much quieter at night after the toddler has gone to bed. Is it okay to teach my kids at night when it's quiet? <laughs> what do you think, Well, <laughs> I mean, the short answer is yes. It's yes, your yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And you can do what you want. <laughs> However, I had five kids in eight years, and I had a little kid, a baby, a toddler for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just learned to work with them. So, yes, you can teach your kids at night, but you might be tired then, especially if you have a toddler. And they might be also. And they might be also. So there are some other ideas I'd like to offer. One is that you tag team. You get one of the older kids to play with the toddler while you work with the other kid. Yeah, that's a great idea. You give the older kids places they can go where they can do their work in a more quiet environment, like Mm -hmm. um, a separate room with a desk. 
you get them some headphones, noise canceling headphones. Yes. They can listen to something while they're working on their math. You know, Jennifer, what do you think? Well, another thing that I, you know, I also, I had eight kids, always a toddler and a baby around, and we just went on with it. I did, at when they were younger, we did a lot of unit studies so that every age, all of them could be included. And the toddlers were there mostly playing alongside us while we did our stuff, but mm -hmm. they got to be included as well if they, for, you know, whatever parts of it they were interested in. So I agree with you that I would... I would suggest first seeing if there's a way to work with that situation. Mm -hmm. um, but also, yes, you you can do school any time of the day. Do what works best for you. I know yeah. a family that does school in the middle of the night and their kids sleep all day. So they are sleeping during the daytime and doing school at night, like a night shift job. And it works for their family. So if it That's works better for you, do it. I know it is, isn't it? Yeah. But if it works better for you, if you find that's what works best for you and your kids to learn, then go ahead and utilize that time. So once my kids got older, we still had some interruptions because my husband sustained several injuries. Uh, he had a broken mm -hmm. ankle and a broken leg. He had a head injury. And, you know, we had things going on. He needed help during the day while yeah. we were doing school. But we well, just, just learned, I, I learned for myself that, if I tried to put things off till later in the day, I kind of ran, ran out of steam and that um, it worked better for me if I could figure out how right. to still get everything done during that normal daytime. Yeah. I, I mean, you have a large family, so do I. Our, our house has always been chaotic. Always there's noise, <laughs> there's something happening. It's unpredictable. It still is today. Um, mm -hmm. And you're right. If I had tried to do school at times that were not louder, chaotic that just wouldn't have happened <laughs> this just isn't a yeah. time I mean except during the time when we are sleeping and I don't want to give up my sleep <laughs> right no as a homeschool parent that's very precious time <laughs> before we go we want to leave you with a few reminders we wouldn't have a podcast without our listener support and you can give us even more support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and sharing new episodes on social media. Remember that you can get 20% off the cost of your Transcript Maker subscription with our exclusive coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. If you want to send us a big question of your own, you can email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at happyhomeschoolpod. If you want to learn more about anything we discussed today, check the show notes in the episode description or go to our brand new website, www.happyhomeschoolerpodcast.com. Next episode, we'll be gazing into the beautiful night sky while we discuss how to teach astronomy. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Holly. And I'm Jennifer. Happy, Happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Holly Williams-Herbach. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a Transcript Maker production. My co-hosts are Melody Gillum and Jennifer Jones. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, tell people about us.